This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Friday as we get set for the NBA postseason. We dove into some of the Western Conference games one, game ones. We'll hit the Jazz and the uh, Mavericks coming up as well as all the Eastern Conference game ones and series prices. Right now, though, we go out to the guest line, the Roman guest line, and joining us is Jake Fisher of Bleach Report. He's also the author of Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever with Triumph Books. Uh, Triumph Books. And Jake, appreciate hopping on today. We're excited for the playoffs here and, and all these different series. Jake, let's just start with the Easter Conference. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on the Sixers and the Raptors. Game one is down to a four-point number, and uh, it's pretty close in terms of the series price. Obviously, Sixers are favored by not by a lot. How do you view this series? Because I, I think Toronto has a, a chance to make this difficult for Philadelphia. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Always good to talk to you, Joji. Um, you know, I think, honestly, the Raptors have become such an underdog favorite that maybe the public might be a little too high on Toronto, and it's actually starting to give Philly some pretty good value. Um, I mean, obviously, the games have been yet to be played, and we'll really see how think of a difference with he's Tybal being out in those Toronto games will play a factor. But um, I mean, I, I see the clear benefits to why people would think the Raptors have a clear shot at this with James Harden's poor play down the stretch with uh, Toronto's ability to match up seemingly pretty well with Joel Embiid. Uh, but I'd I have some more confidence in Philly than I think um, the general public and, and a lot of people in the NBA media community are starting to assess. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Like you, you, the more and more you hear about it, I'm like, oh boy, the public is on this underdog big time. When when you just add it all up, the coaching mismatch, the top, the title story, uh, Harden and, and how he's trending, and then his history in the playoffs, it does make me want to to lean to the Philadelphia side. What do you think you know about this series? Do you, do you think that? Uh, we know it's going to go deep, or just there's a certain. Uh, a, uh, mismatch on the court that's going to be advantageous to one side. Uh, the coaching, a big gap now that it's playoff time. What what are things that we do know? We definitely know the Raptors are going to throw, you know, three to five to seven different defensive looks at Joel Embiid throughout the course of the, of the same game. And that's not just different one-on-one matchups. They're going to throw a little zone. They'll probably do a box and one at some point in time. They might even try something ridiculous by NBA standards, but not by Nick Nurse's standards, like a triangle and two on Embiid and Harden at some point during uh, this series. But I think the other thing we do know is that Joel Embiid is clearly the best player on both sides of the ball. And that's typically uh, a pretty big deciding factor in these series. And I would also venture that when Harden is healthy and 
locked in, he's the second best player in, in this in this situation. So I think ultimately a lot of the rappers guys, I mean, they haven't been afraid um, of late. And throughout this season, uh, it's been a pretty nice bounce back since they went back to Toronto after that Tampa year um, in 2020, 2021. And there are a lot of holdovers for Van Bleet, Siakam, Oji Ananumi, name, name three from that 2019 title team. But this is a much younger group that Nick Nurse had that, that, that took, you know, the Warriors all the way to the brink back in 2019. So I am curious to see how that postseason environment will impact some of the younger contributing members of the Raptors. Yeah, and back in 2019, that was really Pascal Siakam's coming out party. He was young then. Um, fast forward a few years, and you look at the three games they played in the regular season, and Siakam averaged over 30 points per game, over nine rebounds per game, and eight assists. What are you expecting from Siakam in this series? He's had kind of a renaissance this season as more of a, a playmaker, someone who's honestly functioned as Toronto's point guard for large stretches of the year with Fred Van Bleet kind of moving off ball a little bit and being kind of a secondary playmaker. And I do think they'll try to have him conduct a lot of the offense in this postseason matchup, especially in smaller lineups where he's the five man and Embiid will likely be guarding him in that scenario to pull Embiid away from the rim to, to mitigate his threat to be that backline rim protector for Philly's defense. Um, I, I think they're going to try to, I mean, everything I said about Embiid and Harden just before, I mean, Siakam's clearly that number three guy, right? And maybe he even has an argument for, for two or for one. I think his versatility and the different spots on the floor and the different positions that Nick Nurse can deploy him at, they're going to try to utilize every single aspect of that artillery to try to keep Philadelphia on their toes. Jake, uh, probably the series that is the most difficult to call is Brooklyn and and the Celtics, obviously not your typical 2-7 series here. And the odds opened with Brooklyn as a favorite. It quickly switched to Boston as a slight favorite. Uh, who has the advantage in your mind? Who should be the favorite in this series? Yeah, I don't know if this is so difficult to call. I, I think Boston should be the favorite. They have been, I mean, from every NBA executive and agent and coaching figure I've spoken to around the NBA the last couple of months, they've all hailed Boston as being the best team in the NBA since the all-star break and their defense has been number one, their offense has surged. I don't know exactly where it's been since the all-star break, but they're on eight overall in the season. They were like 13 to 15 before the all-star break. So uh, quick mental math there that that seemed to be a top five offense um, post all-star too. So I mean, that's a, that's a juggernaut by any stretch, by any measure. Obviously losing Robert Williams is interesting. And the Ben Simmons factor on the other side of, of this equation is I don't think we've seen a, a first-round matchup like this where forget about the the, the, the star power from the Nets at, at seven, but having two integral guys on the defensive side of the ball kind of be giant question marks injury-wise of Williams and Simmons, I think is something really to watch and to see when either of those guys can or will come back. But even without Robert Williams, I think Boston is set up here to be not the overwhelming favorite, but, but the clear favorite just – on the defensive side of things where you know they, they are they are losing their anchor just like we talked about with Embiid for Philly but they have uh, reinforcements with Al Horford and Daniel Tice and Grant Williams has been you know pretty sterling there um and I just think ultimately they have more of a complete team a, a deeper rotation um and I would expect Boston to take this not not easily but you know somewhere in the six game range okay that, that's exactly where I was going to go for my next question is uh is the most uninteresting 
matchup that we have right now, Chicago, Milwaukee? <laughs> I think so. And it's unfortunate being that the Bulls, you know, they were one of the hottest teams in the league to start the year. It was a really nice success story um, for a team that's kind of struggled to get back to the postseason picture after trading Jimmy Butler, I believe it was in the 2017 draft. Um, and you know, the injury took Alex Caruso first and then Lonzo Ball and, you know, Zach Levine missed a lot of time. Nick Mutris missed a lot of time. Patrick Williams, right when he came back after his early season injury, that's when they lose these guards. It's, I mean, the Bulls had such a, a high ceiling that it just doesn't exist anymore without Lonzo. And then what about the Hawks-Cavs? It is the tightest spread on the board when you look at all these games. Jared Allen could come back. You've got playoff Trey. What are you expecting in this one? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's interesting being that the Cavs were one of the front runners in the East all year. And the Hawks obviously had a, a traumatic start to the season after being in the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago. But I think a lot of people in the league look at that dynamic and that matchup and think that the Hawks are probably more dangerous, especially at full health, where um, they could be getting John Collins back, you know, any day now. Uh, I don't even, I don't know the latest off the top of my head if he is going to be able to play tonight. Um, the Jared Allen injuries is a big factor for Cleveland. And if he's, if he's possible and, and seems like probable, honestly, from everything I've heard that he will play this evening, um, you know, he still won't be back at full strength. He's, he said that there is a lot of pain there still in his finger. People talk in the league about the Hawks being more of a threat to Miami. And, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing I can think about when I think about this matchup is projecting it forward and who can be an actual, you know, puncher's chance against the, the Heat. I mean, that, that's no uh, shot at the Cavs, you know, they've had a pretty successful year. And I think Darius Garland's one of the um, you know, rising stars in this league right now, but they haven't been there before. Uh, the injuries are what they are. And I mean, Trey Young can be someone that can really, I mean, look at that third quarter we saw with Atlanta um, against Charlotte the other night. The Hawks just have an ability to pop off that is going to be very dangerous in a seven game series, no matter who they play. Jake Fisher joining us here from Bleacher Report, talking about the NBA playoffs. And check out Jake's book, Built to Lose How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League forever with Triumph Books. Um, Jake, if you had to pick a team in the Western Conference, and it's pretty clear all year the Suns are the best team in the NBA. They've been that from start to finish. But if you had to pick a team to knock them off in the Western Conference between the Grizzlies, the two seed, the Warriors, the three seed, obviously the new kids on the block versus the guys that have been there forever and been a dynasty, who would you pick? If, if someone is going to beat the Warriors, is it the Grizzlies or is it the – or um, if someone's going to beat the Suns, Grizzlies or Warriors? 
I think just by process of elimination, if healthy, I got to take Golden State. I mean, they're, they're start. I mean, they started to round into form when Clay came back, and obviously Draymond got hurt, and then Steph got hurt. He seems to be trending in the right direction. They've got that veteran experience. Obviously, multiple championships there. Um, they've kind of been keeping Andre Iguodala on ice all year long to be able to throw him out in these postseason uh, matchups. The coaching experience. They do have some nice young top, and Jordan Poole has been. Well, in my opinion, the most improved player in the league this year. I love Memphis. I think I think I'm really excited to to see them be uh, a home court favorite and try to advance into the postseason more so than just being this plucky young eight seed that they've been in the past. Um, but I, I think you kind of have to let uh, tip your hat over to the veteran experience, the championship pedigree that that the Warriors have. Can you see any of the uh, obviously the the Dallas Utah? series everything's about Luca and when and if he's going to return it sounds like he's going to miss game one probably game two but if we go two weeks out with this injury which is quite typical it we're talking about four games but uh you like Golden State so I guess that knocks out Utah I mean Denver but uh Utah Minnesota could you see either of them winning a series and uh, being a threat in the next one I really like the Timberwolves, and I think Chris Finch is one of the more underrated head coaches in the league. What he did on Tuesday night with Carl Anthony Towns in foul trouble, mixing and matching lineups. If you watch really closely, he's such a master at utilizing timeouts and TV timeouts to how to like take out D'Angelo Russell for one quick play to get a defensive stop, knowing before the next uh, whistle there's going to be immediate timeout. Like that type of um, you know, chess match that will occur in the postseason, especially over a seven-game series with different matchups. Um, I like their ability to. I mean, this is no. This is not to suggest that Taylor Jenkins doesn't have that in him at all, because I think he's the front runner to be the head co- to be the coach of the year this year. But I, I just think that um, the Grizzlies have their playing style. They have different lineups they can use, but they're pretty much jaw and run it and, 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 and physicality and the, the three-point shooting is, is, is always going to be a kind of a question mark. I think the, the Timberwolves can throw so many different looks because they don't necessarily have as much like obvious talent. They've got their four, their four best players with D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Cat, Malik Beasley, but they've just got these weird kind of role players like Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt that are going to muck up a series like we saw Pat Bev do on Tuesday. That I'm, I'm really curious to see how a young Grizzlies team, the players will respond to it while they've got kind of a, a mastermind on the other side of things, throwing different looks at them. And then the other game tonight, uh, Pelicans at Clippers. Uh, this one's tough. I'm not really on a side on this one. I can't wait to watch it, though. If you were to predict, you know, a player having a big game for some of our listeners who may want to look at props, who might you be looking to? Well, we saw in that Tuesday night game against Minnesota that Paul George is going to have to probably go off to, for the Clippers to really keep up with um, anyone in this type of postseason environment. I mean, Norm Powell is still coming back, and I think he had a pretty strong showing in Minnesota, but without Paul George coming down the stretch like he did, that game wouldn't have really been close. So I'd expect him to take you know a lion's share of the shots when, when the game gets close. I think the same thing we saw the other night um, in New Orleans with C.J. McCollum is going to probably, I don't know if he'll be able to replicate that performance in terms of efficiency, but 
he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. They're going to, they like to have him feasting against second units. Um, I, I think those two guys, if you want to pinpoint two stars who have postseason experience, who are definitely going to be called upon to do a lot, it's definitely Paul George and CJ McCollum. Jake, always appreciate you hopping on. We'll be reading and uh, and obviously following all your work, and, and we'll talk soon. Jake Fisher, author of Built to Lose, How the NBA Tank and Era Changed the League Forever. He was on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BeckQL. You know, the games tonight might not be, the Friday night playing games might not be the, the, the biggest, like, wow, games, but... We do have some players that are fun for props. Trey Young, Paul George, mm-hmm. right? We got McCollum went crazy the other night. There's, the, if you want to be on the prop game tonight, I think it's a it's a fun night with those kind of players. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the best way to attack yeah. it. If if I you're agree. interested at all, because as far as big picture, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. These are going to be early exits. I would think. Yeah. So it's interesting he, that league executives or people in the league told him the Hawks could give the Heat a little bit of trouble. I don't think they beat them, but maybe that their play style yeah. could. It's a good matchup. It'll be a really good matchup. I could see that one going seven. Maybe next year Atlanta will actually care about the regular season. Maybe. It would help. It sure would yeah. help them. We'll talk Easter Conference next right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.